Hey, it's your host, Charlotte Tuberfield, and welcome to the Holistic Marketing Podcast, the show that inspires you to think holistically about yourself, your business, and your marketing to ignite the impact you desire to have in the world. We'll learn what it takes to be seen and heard in the digital space from leading experts and myself as the founder and CEO of Chipperfield Media. Get ready to own your marketing by exploring the intersection of purpose and proactive marketing to move your business forward. So welcome to the Holistic Marketing Podcast. Today I am chatting with Nicole Early on all things public relations. Nicole is a creative entrepreneur with some serious media savvy skills. Nicole is the founder of Early PR, and I'm really looking forward to diving into this conversation on messaging and public relations and so much more. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. Excited to be here. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. I'd love for you to kind of tell everyone a little bit more about yourself, who you are, and what your mission is. Yeah, of course. So my name is Nicole Early, and I am a publicist and strategic communicator brand strategist. Um, I'm also a friend, a sister, a daughter, um, and an active community member here in Portland. And um, a little bit about the mission behind my company, Early PR, is we shape stories that help brands grow. Um, you know, storytelling is so powerful and we believe firmly in the power of crafting a story that cuts through the noise and impacts people's hearts and minds and, of course, drives um, business growth. Yes, I love that. And I think that's why we connected and uh, are so related in the work that we do is it's really coming back to those stories and really using those to leverage and cut through the noise to reach the people you want to have an impact on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's definitely something that you and I connected on is just, you know, tying values and intention to storytelling and marketing. Yes, absolutely. I think it's so important. So I'd love for you to maybe share a little bit more about what you did before you started your company and what led you to start early PR. Yeah, that's a great That's a great question. Um, I get that often. And for me, I, I grew up in a business owner household. Um, my dad owned his business for my entire life, um, as well as I have uncles and aunts who've been business owners. So it was something that, you know, was in the back of my mind growing up. But honestly, once I graduated college, I had, you know, my goal was to get a job in my industry and I didn't care where it was. Um, and that actually led me um, moving back to California. So I went to school in Florida and then I moved back to California. And then um, in the pursuit of the, you know, quote unquote, ideal career job I was looking for, I moved up to Oregon where my brother lived. And, you know, he invited me up here to stay and I was able to gain some traction in my career pursuits and ended up getting a job at a political PR firm. And at the time, I considered myself a very apolitical person. Um, But of course, now I know and um, understand that politics impacts every aspect of our lives, um, whether you engage in it or not. Um, And so at this firm, I worked on a lot of healthcare, communications, public policy, um, and even 
ran digital media for a couple of local and statewide campaigns here in Oregon. And, you know, I think something synonymous with politics is um, a high burnout rate. And um, I had gotten to the point where I was just really frustrated and anxious and um, dissatisfied with um, my role at that, that company. And I was really just craving a, a bit of a, a mental respite, if you will. And so that led me to um, step away from that company and start focusing on um, some freelance work, working with local beverage and food companies here in Portland. And after a couple of months, I figured I should formalize my efforts into business. And during that process, I really sat down and, and thought about what do I want my company to stand for? What do I stand for? Who are the clients I want to work with? What type of work do we want to do and put out into the world? And it was a really great opportunity to um, create something from scratch. Um, You know, having had a a career experience that offered some things that I liked and didn't like, um, as well as uh, networking and just meeting with other local communicators in the in the Portland area who either had their own shop or were working in-house and just having those conversations really helped guide um, the foundation for early PR and our, you know, what we stand for, which is, you know, we're dedicated to helping B corporations, e-commerce brands, and progressive political causes who give a damn grow um, through brand strategy and PR. And so it, it really turned into this this mesh and meld of the various uh, interests and passions I've had combined with um, some of my early career experience with uh, uh, politics and and just seeing the importance of, of strategy and communications when, you know, moving public issues forward. So that that is really how early PR came about in the foundation of, of who we are today. Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful story. And I love when you're talking about working with people who give a damn. <laughs> I feel like that should be stamped on everyone's forehead if they give a damn. <laughs> Just so we can find each other easier. Right. Um, yes, it's amazing. And I find your story relatable in the in the sense of having worked in different firms and learning really what you like and didn't like. And I think sometimes we can look back at roles we've had and just kind of be like, oh my God, that was a terrible experience. But really it does kind of help refine and hone in to like what you are really good at, what you enjoy to do and who those people are that you want to work with. Um, And I love that you also work with B Corps and, and that focus on the triple bottom line, I think is so important, not only for companies, but like you said too, if people are moving initiatives and trying to reshape our communities, it's so important to... Um, have that that focus and that foundation and understand how values play into that, not just mm-hmm. as the, in the company structure, but also in the communications that you have out into the world. Yeah. So I'd love to maybe kind of dive into the communications a little bit and talk about like public relations and then also digital marketing, which I know you support clients in as well. And so For me, I always find that under the umbrella of marketing, there are literally thousands of activities. And sometimes I think public relations gets filtered under that, which I've always sometimes like, I don't know if it belongs there or if it's just something that's like adjacent to marketing, right? Because I think there's such a strategy that goes into that and your communication development. 
So I'd love for you to maybe talk about your own definition of what public relations versus you know marketing or digital marketing specifically is and, and how they each play a role in a communication strategy. Yeah, that is such a good question. There's so much confusion around PR, marketing, advertising, you know, what is what. Um, particularly with PR, I whenever I'm speaking with clients, I love to start by asking them their goals. And then, of course, you know, there's clients whose goal is to get on Good Morning America. And so it, it really does open up a, a great opportunity to start to explain, you know, what those differences are and what methods work best, um, depending on who the client is. So for me, um, I define public relations as a strategic communications meant to build mutually beneficial relationships. And so I understand that and practice that as not only am I communicating on behalf of the client or the brand, but I'm also taking into consideration the relationship we want to have with the public and the relationship the public has of the brand. How do they perceive us? How do they interact with us? And how can we make sure that we are connecting with them in a way that is um, two, two-sided benefits, you know? Um, and so, yeah, a, a lot of times that looks like getting to the root of a company's uh, brand values and brand promises, but also taking into account what is the current public perception? Because sometimes how the brand defines themselves and the public's perception can be two different things. And so. Yeah, absolutely. I love that definition. I think that's so amazing. I, I think so many times people are thinking about public relations as how do I get on good morning America? Like how do I get in the New York times, mm-hmm. whatever that placement might be, but people are really thinking of it as a one way strategy versus it being that two way of like, how does the public think about your brand? And I love that that perspective that you just brought up. Yeah, it's so important and, and sometimes overlooked, um, especially by brands who, you know, the focus is getting that product in the hands of as many people as possible. But the best relationships are ones where you solicit and give feedback, you know, and, and have a conversation with your audience. And um, in comparison to digital marketing, which is something we also support clients with, um, digital marketing is... Um, more of a, a, a one-way conversation, as I would see it, meaning that, you know, there's a ton of targeting and accessibility involved with digital marketing, meaning you can target down to demographics, geography, you know, time, date, location, and interest um, with the hopes of really surrounding your audience with your messages Um, But a lot of times it doesn't offer that two-way communication. You're more so looking to get them started in your funnel and um, get them aware and engaged with the brand. So that is how I see digital marketing. It's, it's, I believe, an essential function just based on how communication is shifting among publics. You know, 30, 40 years ago, we were all watching the news and reading the newspaper, but now folks are on their phones. They are, you know, subscribes to e-newsletters. They're on YouTube and digital marketing is a a very cost effective as well as um, direct way to get a message to someone. But the challenge with that is um, 
building that trust. You know, folks are smarter than ever when it comes to recognizing um, when they're being marketed to. Um, so that does present a hurdle, but something I really love about digital marketing is just the tracking, the analytics, being able to really dive down and, and see who's engaging with what and getting to test and play um, versus PR. Um, a lot of times you're planning, preparing, and managing, but you can't always control how someone is going to perceive perceive something, you know, or where they're consuming that news from. So I think they are both um, key when it comes to an integrated communications approach, um, but I, um, they both serve, you know, two different functions. Yes, I think that was a wonderful breakdown. And I agree with you. I think that digital marketing is definitely a, a place to build that brand awareness. There's so much available in being able to get front, in front of the right people at the right time. Um, and it, it can be sometimes a two-way street. I think if you're specifically we're talking about like social where people can comment and engage, but it, it you're not really gaining that insight that you might from public relations. Like when you said, you're really having that mutual conversation with the brand perception and, and having that dialogue. So I think that was an amazing breakdown. And I also love that you brought up the analytics side because I think that's really important to make sure that you are understanding like what people are doing as a result of seeing your brand or just becoming more aware. So it's almost like that digital marketing is building that that like no and the like and no where the public relation is kind of building a little bit more of that trust factor where mm-hmm. they're a little bit more uh, engaged as well. And again, a great breakdown on on kind of the, the direction marketing has gone in. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, traditional marketing, yeah, like you said, the newspaper or radio ad- advertisements, there was just no way of knowing how many people actually read your, your advertisement or how many people are really hearing your, your radio ad. And same mm-hmm. with billboards too. It's like, you might have an estimate, estimated amount of cars that drive by, but you don't really know if they actually consumed that message. And so I think that's what's so amazing about digital marketing and public relations is that you can not only gain this analytics, but you can have a little bit more of this dialogue with your customers because we do know when we're being marketed to. And so you get to be a little bit more kind of creative, but also kind of transparent as a brand as well. Yeah. And I think it's, it's been so fascinating to see how digital marketing has kind of spun off new opportunities such as influencer marketing Um, Mm -hmm. And some of my colleagues position influencer marketing under PR because of the nature of reaching out. And then there's some folks who position it under social media. But, you know, no matter how you view it, it is a new avenue that is, you know, kind of in between the two. Um, So I think that's something I just really enjoy about the field in general is just there's always something new. There's always new aspects being developed, new ways to reach people. And ultimately, I think what we're all trying to strive for is, is to come across authentic. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And I, I love that too. And I think that's probably why we gravitate to what, doing what we do is that there's always something new and exciting and um, new methods and new ways of building relationships, which is so fun, especially as technology continues to advance. But I'd love to um, hear... A little bit like if we're getting granular about a brand or a company 
or even an individual that's building their thought leadership. So when would someone start to kind of consider to seek out public relation opportunities? Um, So someone should consider uh, engaging with public relations services. Um, I always recommend after they've done some of that base brand work. So I heard a great analogy once that compared um, PR outreach to inviting people over to your house. And so you only invite people over to your house when you have things tidied and set up. And so the same is true with PR. Um, Before you reach out to media or reach out to be a guest author, you want to make sure that you have your pictures hung, your clothes are put away, and essentially you have a baseline brand built um, online. And so that could look like a social media presence, um, a website, a media kit, something that people can track back and um, get more information about you on. So that is, if you have those items in place and you are, um, you have some goals outlined in terms of what you want to accomplish by getting your name out in the media, then I think it's a great time to think about engaging with some PR services. And um, the beauty of it is that there's a lot of ways that um, especially solopreneurs can start to um, engage with publicity efforts. Um, Guest writing is a a huge uh, way to start to build that authority. And, you know, one of the benefits of, of technology developing is that there are a ton of growing blogs and outlets that are increasing in their credibility that are often looking for writers. And so that's kind of a, kind of a low cost effective way to start getting your name out there, especially if you don't quite have the resources to engage a PR professional like myself, you could start to pitch yourself to some of these blogs and outlets. And then, of course, if you're a brand who, you know, has been around, has um, their brand built, has their platform set up, and you're looking to engage around a product launch or a campaign you have coming up, um, it's a, that is a, a ideal time to engage with um, PR services, um, especially when you have an event or an announcement. Um, it's a great time to drum up media interest. Um, in tangent with the other activities you may have going on with that campaign because the beauty of PR is that it's only going to amplify and enhance the things you might be doing on social, on your website, or on other digital activations. And um, something I'd recommend really everyone listening to this podcast do is um, search for the folks who are writing about what's happening in your niche. If you're on Twitter, start following reporters who are covering your niche or your industry. If you're on Instagram, start following them. And, you know, at the end of the day, journalists are humans too. So, you know, I'm, I always encourage my clients and folks I talk to, to just remember that they're people, you know, um, engage and like with their content, like engage and like their content, like you would a friend. You know, if something strikes you, leave a comment, you know, respond to their tweet. Um, But yeah, I think that's just a great way to start getting your foot in the door in terms of engaging with uh, publicity and media services. Yeah, that's great advice. I love that analogy too of 
like your house is ready for company to come over. It's like, of course, you don't want to have like your dirty clothes on the floor and dirty dishes piled in the sink. Like you want it to be presentable. And I think that's a really great way to help frame that question of like, are we ready to go seek these PR opportunities? And I love your advice too, of like building the relationships with reporters. Um, I think that's also something that can be so powerful just because like you said, they are human and they are, you know, part of their job is to find, you know, cool, new, interesting things. So being able to build those relationships, especially if you know you're building up to a launch can be a great way to kind of let that organically happen as well. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all about relationships. You know, life is all about relationships. And um, the more you can start to build those relationships um, sooner and earlier before a campaign is happening in live, um, the more authentic they will be. Um, and something I, I always love to share with people is, um, you know, the way the, the industry has changed from my understanding of, of how it once was, you know, decades ago, where you might you know, mass email, this huge list of folks. Um, these days, the focus is really on niching down and focusing on a targeted list of reporters who cover the topics um, that that your brand is related to or the industry that your company is in. Um, it's very much a quality over quantity approach. Um, I know once upon a time, it was, it was more about let's send it to 200 reporters, but you know, attention spans are, are going down. Reporters are, are overwhelmed a lot of times with, with pitches that are, you know, not on brand or not even topics that they cover. So the more you can curate a list that is specific to your niche and industry, you know, even if it's only 10 or 15 reporters, um, I can promise you that quality is, is going to pay out for you. Um, it's it's not always about having a long list. It's more about having the right folks who are covering uh, your topic, um, knowing about it. So, and again, social media is a great way to start connecting with those people um, and, and building those relationships. So when they do see your email in their inbox, they're familiar, you know, at least with your Instagram handle or your brand's page um, from social media. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I was thinking too when you were saying that that it's almost like the same idea of it's not about having a million followers on Instagram, for example, but it's about having a, a smaller following that's engaged. Cause I mean, you can have a million followers, but no one's engaging with you and they're definitely not buying from you. Or you can have a smaller audience that's super engaged because they, they love what you do. And it's kind of that same idea of connecting, building relationships with the reporters who are, you know, in your niche and are most likely to write on the different topics or your product launch or your thought leadership, whatever it might be. So I think that that's a wonderful way of thinking about it. Cause I think sometimes people still are in the mindset of like, just get it out to as many people as possible and someone will do something with it. <laughs> but really it is, yeah, getting really clear on and how you're going to reach specific people and um, building those relationships to make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. And again, it, it all comes down to relationships, whether it's a, your audience on social or the reporters you're connecting with, you know, those relationships are huge, especially during this time where we're, um, you know, at home in a pandemic, dealing with a social justice movement, a presidential election, you know, folks want to connect. Folks are looking for those authentic relationships. Um, 
So yeah, the more you can position your brand or, you know, if you're a solopreneur or solo brand, more you can position yourself as someone who is looking to build and foster quality relationships, um, the more natural and authentic um, that awareness is going to grow about your brand, your company and what you're doing. Yes, I could not agree with that more. And I think I'm hoping that's the way like most business is going now too, where we're really thinking about building these very intentional relationships versus just trying to get more numbers, more reach, more sales, more, um, yeah, I guess thinking of people as numbers versus it being these really true relationships that we're building. And that actually prompted a question I was thinking about in, in terms of, so if you are a brand or a solopreneur that you're thinking about, yes, I want to start building these relationships with reporters. I feel like my house is in order. Do you need to have like a specific take on a topic or your area of expertise that is different than other people? And how do you go about kind of like initially pitching yourself? Because I think sometimes I've heard that you you can't just get PR because you exist. It's like you have to have something that's unique or bring a different perspective on a topic or have a new product that serves differently. I'd love to hear your kind of perspective on when you're kind of crafting your message or your pitch and what, what to think about there. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I battle, battle a lot um, with this when the pandemic first hit with my clients. I had two clients particularly who had just launched. I had been working with them a couple of months before the pandemic hit. The pandemic hit and they were very adamant about pitching themselves as a new business who launched during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. my my feedback to them was, there are thousands of businesses who are launching during a pandemic. So it's not necessarily novel because we're all in this time together. Um, so I, I think that's spot on thinking just in terms of, you know, what sets you apart. And of course, it could be a topic that exists and people have talked about, you know, from here till, you know, a thousand years back. But what's unique about about your business or your brand, you know, um, as well, data, you know, is there some data point that you can specifically point to that your company is looking to address or solving or ideating? Um, journalists love um, statistics and data and novel numbers that haven't been um, talked about or discussed. Um, and, you know, but to that point, I think it's also important to add value, you know? So for example, a colleague of mine, she represents a lot of like therapists and they're not necessarily niche therapists with some specific title or educational background, but what they are is they add a ton of value online already. They have positioned themselves as a authoritative figure in their space So even if they are saying something, you know, very similar to what Dr. Phil would say, if you go to their house, quote unquote, you can see that they've consistently added that value. So then the journalist then looks at you as an authoritative figure. So I think there's a a twofold approach of, yes, anytime you can find something new or novel and angle that is going to be, you know, unseen by a journalist, I think that's a great approach. But I also think Um, you know, I encourage folks to not overlook adding value for free. You know, how have you added value before you're coming with the ask? 
um, especially if you have a, a certain degree or a professional um, marker that you are known for. And it could even be a community um, awareness. You know, it doesn't always have to be a national or global, but just starting from where you are. You know, um, Charlotte, you and I are here in Portland, so how can you position yourself as a well-known example therapist in Portland? You know, how, you know, maybe you've shown up and offered free therapy to folks for months on end, and that's something that you can talk about because that's unique to you. So um, I just, I think it's important for folks to, um, you know, of course, find things that are novel and that it's going to be new. But also, you can't overlook the value and the consistency of delivering that value um, as well, just finding things that are timely. So, for example, um, one of my clients is a, a nonprofit that um, offers yoga for survivors. And so this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so she is already doing activations around this month and around her nonprofit. So when I'm talking to reporters, um, you know, I have a laundry list of things that she's already doing. You know, it's, it's we didn't have to go ideated on the spot, you know, because this is who she is, this is what the nonprofit does. We have um, case studies of value adds that we can point to that affirm her authority in this space. Yeah, I love that example. I think that that's wonderful. And I think you touched on so many key points about really, you know, adding that value, but then also making it timely. And in a way, it's almost like really leaning into what you do really well and show up from that place of being of service. And then from there, it's kind of like, okay, so we're doing that. So now how do we just share how we serve and provide value to more people and using PR and and, um, relationships with reporters as a vehicle to doing that? Um, I think that that's so important. And I, I love your advice too on just starting where you are. Cause I think sometimes like you were talking about in the beginning when clients are setting goals and they're like, I want to be on good morning America, but maybe they're still like getting their house in order, or maybe it just got in order. And like clients who launched in the beginning of the pandemic, like that doesn't mean that you can just get on good morning America because <laughs> you do need to bring that value add. And, and I think also there's a lot of times where being on good morning America probably isn't going to be the best thing for you and if maybe if you're selling a product or maybe if there's a specific topic to talk about but like someone like myself like I don't think anyone wants to watch Good Morning America and learn about holistic marketing that's probably not a very good <laughs> fit so there's probably different avenues again thinking about your niche and it's not always about bigger being better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful insight there Um, which kind of leads me also into my next question is I was going to see if you would walk us through a little bit of, of how you work with a client. And I know earlier you were talking about, it really starts with your goals. And so if someone maybe is a solopreneur entrepreneur, and they're thinking about, you know, PR could be a great strategy. I would love for you to maybe kind of walk through maybe what people should be thinking about or kind of what your process is working with clients so they can understand, you know, how or when it's the right time to maybe engage with someone like yourself versus maybe doing it themselves thinking about you know I can go on Twitter and start building relationships with reporters Mm -hmm. maybe talk through a little bit of your process and like timeline thinking as far as if someone is trying to think about maybe next year they might pursue or pursue public relations or 
maybe they're thinking we're going to launch something in a couple of years. I'd love to kind of get your perspective on, on what people can do now to set them up for maybe working with someone like you. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and something really important for solopreneurs to, you know, always start with thinking about what is the goal I'm looking for? You know, if I were to get a ton of press pl- placements, what would be the outcome? Am I asking people to purchase my book, to sign up for my course? Am I looking to drive traffic to my website? Um, so when I work with clients, we start with a strategy session that really helps them drill down to what is the goal, you know, um, beyond um, getting quoted in an article, you know, what is the action we want our audience to take from that? And then based on that answer, we start to build a plan in order to achieve that. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important to one, take time you know, as a solopreneur, and as you look at your activities and thinking about, you know, what you've done so far and what's netted you, what results. And then once you start to see that gap, um, you can start to, to, you know, you'd work with me or another PR professional to start to build a strategy around um, how you can amplify the work you're doing or amplify your, your brand awareness um, using PR. And typically what I would do is, um, you know, depending on where the identified audience is, is at, meaning what are they listening to? What are they reading? Um, you know, what are their habits online and um, in life as they consume media and information? Then we'll start to build a plan about how we can um, reach them. And sometimes that, that might look like, Hey, there's, excuse me. Hey, there's a conference coming up, and they're looking for speakers. You know, so it, it may not be a direct media placement, but it's about finding those opportunities um, for you to align your name, your brand, the work you're doing with the audience that you want to reach. Um, as well, because we're all at home, um, there's a growing opportunities on social media with Instagram TV interviews and Instagram live interviews. And those are a form of, you know, social media, not traditional uh, PR media, but it does apply a similar strategy of, of building relationships and pitching yourself and reaching out um, to leverage someone else's platform in order to grow your own brand. And um, I think one of the best ways to engage uh, a publicist or a PR agency is around a, uh, a full campaign, a longer term campaign of three to six months, um, you know, because PR is not an overnight thing. You know, it's, it's definitely not we're going to send some emails and then it's going to happen in a week. Um, it's something that takes time. It's really a, a combination of strategy, um, targeting, um, but also patience. Because as I mentioned, reporters are busy, you know, I remember one time, a client had a launch in the winter. And the same day of the launch was um, when a, uh, the great nor'easter snowstorm hit. So, you know, we're reaching out to East Coast media, and they are just not interested because there's, you know, five feet of snow covering the entire city. 
So, you know, it, it's really important to, to have patience and understand that um, the world that, that publicists as well as media operates in is, is very much interconnected to what's happening in real time um, with the media news cycle. Um, and a, a very real case of that is with the election. You know, um, almost every news outlet is covering the election. And so unless your brand can find a, a strategic way to fit within that narrative, um, you know, it might not be um, the best time frame to to start inserting yourself in the conversation just based on what the topic is about. And so I think that's really one of the strategic advantages of working directly with a PR firm is that they can help you navigate that uh, the timeliness of things and scan the news and really interpret what's happening to help put yourself in the best position um, with what is concurrently happening in the media. Um, because, you know, going back to that client launch that happened the same day as the Great Nor'easter, you know, it would, if, if, if all of our media hit that day, um, it would have been great. But the reality is folks wouldn't have really cared because there was a huge snowstorm. And then next week, it would have seemed like, or the following week, excuse me, you know, all that media coverage, you know, most likely would not have netted a whole lot of uh, return in terms of the ultimate goal, which for that client was driving website visits because people were shoveling snow and trying to figure out how they were going to navigate their lives with the snowstorm. And so in that case, um, luckily the, the client was understanding to what was happening and entrusted us to navigate them through that, that process and the timing and the patience that um, was needed during that time. So yeah, that is, that's kind of a, a overview of, of how I, I work with folks. And um, typically, you know, for the clients I, I work with, it's a, a longer campaign um, and it really gives us the runway to continue to nurture the relationships we've built with reporters and really seed the story in a way that tells the, the multifaceted of, multifaceted, I don't think that's a word, I'm sorry, the multifaceted, I think, so. I think that's a new word, <laughs> the multifaceted faceted aspect of a campaign, you know, because it's so much more than here's this product, buy this. It's like, no, this is what went into building the product. This is a thought process. This is who it's for. This is the unique aspect of the bottle. This is the unique aspect of the packaging, you know, and, and that time frame really does give um, us as the publicists, um, as well as the media, an opportunity to, to flesh out the full sides of the story. Um, so that's how I like to work with folks. I do have some smaller businesses who I consult with um, and help guide and walk them through that process so they can, um, you know, essentially execute it themselves. Um, but there is just something about having an expert who can help navigate you um, through the timeliness and the, the sensitivity that can, you know, sometimes happen with the media. Um, so, yeah. Yes. I mean, I love that idea of the timeliness and the patience, because I think sometimes it's so easy to be like, okay, hey, we have a strategy, like let's make it happen right now. And 
And again, it comes back to this idea of like, we all are human and life happens. And especially 2020 has taught us that, that we definitely don't control everything. And so it's almost like having that flexibility with the best intentions is what you're going for. And um, I think, I think it's wonderful that you, yes, have that kind of three to six month runway because it's really about developing something that is going to help tell that narrative again, not only from the company perspective, but from the the public perspective. And I, I think the more you can be intentional with that, I think that's really important both for the health of the company, but also for the health of people who are engaging with the brand. So that was some wonderful insight. And I think that actually kind of segues into my next question really well, is I really wanted to talk a little bit more about the power of storytelling. And, and you mentioned that in the beginning. And I would love to kind of hear your perspective on on why that is so important. And I think even right now, like as we are in this intense election cycle, still in a pandemic, you know, how are brands kind of using storytelling to cut through a little bit of that noise to still stay engaged with uh, their communities and their, you know, clients and customers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really important topic right now. one of the biggest things I'm advising my clients to do, um, especially during this time, is to get in front of their audience as much as possible, meaning have a real face, a real person in front of their audience. I think um, incredible visuals and you know catchy copy and, and beautifully written, written blog posts are great, but you know folks want to connect. They want to see a real person you know, as they're scrolling through their phone or clicking on their website. So um, I've worked with a couple of my clients to help them develop strategies where they're consistently getting in front of their audience. And um, whether it's they themselves are doing it or they have someone on their team who is doing that. But, um, you know, storytelling is so powerful when you see someone's face, their emotion, you hear the inflection in their voice, you see the movement of their hands or, you know, the unique things that they that happen when you are sharing a story verbally. So I think um, there's some great opportunity for solopreneurs and brands and companies to, um, you know, really give folks a peek behind the curtain right now. Um, I think one of the few benefits of this pandemic is that we are all experiencing the same thing right now. Um, so there's a relatability in that, you know, it's, it's okay and encouraged to be vulnerable because there's a high likelihood that what you're experiencing, your audience is probably experiencing too, whether that's loneliness or frustration or anxiety, you know, you can speak directly to that and even share what you're doing to, um, combat and overcome those things, either yourself as the owner, or as a company, you know, how, how are you and your team um, keeping things upbeat on a Friday afternoon? You know, what ways are you showing up for yourself during this time? And how is that translated through your business? So I think there's a, a huge opportunity with storytelling to tap on those feelings of vulnerability and courage and you know, we, we truly are all in this together because we're all experiencing the same thing, um, just with different different um, versions of it. So, yeah, that's, that's what I've seen. And, of course, online there's so many platforms um, that exist and the, the different tools that are being developed on these platforms are, you know, a great opportunity to start to test 
some of the ways in which you can let folks behind the curtain and give them a peek behind um, your brand. And, you know, I think it's really okay to, to, to say, like, our Instagram feed may look perfect, but things are not always perfect. You know, we are humans, too. We are trying to get through this the best we can to, you know, just as you all are. And we're, you know, our number one focus is serving you all. But we just want to let you know that we're, we're here in this with you. And so um, the brands I work with, the companies I work with, um, who have been really open to taking that approach are seeing really great results, not only engagement and return, but um, just in terms of audience growth. You know, people are really attracted to um, the authenticity and the realness of, of what it takes to run and maintain a business in, in the year 2020. Yes, I've been seeing that a lot too. And I agree with you. I think the more brands and individuals can be very relatable. I mean, it's almost like the gift of 2020 in the sense that we all are experiencing the same thing, uh, different versions, but all within the same scope. And so it is very interesting just to see how that allows these moments of vulnerability and relatability. And it's not about we're not running around pretending we have it all together because we don't. And I've even noticed that too in ways that I've shown up, even in sharing on Instagram about how I'm not operating at 100% and and different ways that I'm also making extra time to nurture myself. But then at the same time, I also love that there's so much technology being developed and we are using, like you said, Instagram's like uh, TV and Instagram lives to really engage with other people and interview and connect. And I think there's so much power in that right now and there's so much community that can come together virtually and which is so powerful and even though there is an election cycle going on that's dominating a lot of the news there is so much engagement and joy that is also taking place which I think is so important and I hope that we can all continue to nurture that beyond the pandemic as well for sure yeah they, uh, you know, the human connection is one of the most powerful things. So um, this time has definitely reinforced that. Absolutely. And I guess speaking of the future, if we're thinking about the future of public relations and digital marketing, I would love to hear how you think it might continue to evolve or if you had a crystal ball, maybe what you would want <laughs> to have happen in these spaces. Yeah. Oh, man, that is a really great question. There's, you know, I talk about this a lot with my colleagues. And, you know, sometimes as publicists, we're under a lot of stress because it the industry is changing so much, you know. Um, and something I would really like to see, I, I do enjoy the rise of these of these new publications and new media spaces, because it does give an opportunity for more voices. You know, sometimes um, more established outlets can have their go-to experts, their go-to commentators that they rely on, and it can really create a silo of ideas and voices and, you know, make it difficult for new folks to, to cut through. But the, the rise and variety of uh, online media outlets has really opened it up to um, new voices um, so that's really exciting. I'm also excited about um, just seeing 
how the way press is is distributed continues to evolve you know multimedia packages videos audio you know the rise of podcasts you know getting a spot on a podcast is um, just as valuable as a media outlet um, so I think that's really cool to see and it gives folks a, a, a new way to engage with voices that kind of comes alive off of the quote-unquote newspaper um, yeah and, and of course I'm really excited about influencers relationships and influencer media because you know influencers are a form of journalists you know they're a form of of authority that people trust and they really do convert and drive um, metrics and sales for brands so it's it's cool to get to see folks position themselves that way and, and essentially um, be their own authority, you know, that is doing, you know, brand deals with large companies and small companies. And, you know, seeing that even if you're a micro influencer, you can still have great impact. So I think that's something really exciting. Um, I also think owned media is going to be ever increasingly important. So having a blog, having a place where you can, um, directly put your voice um, is going to be so important, especially as um, content continues to rise. So carving out your corner of the, the internet is um, just increasingly important, and it's going to continue to evolve, um, especially as, um, you know, oh my goodness, what is it called? Virtual reality. That's what I was looking for. Virtual reality and augmented reality, you know, in the next five to seven years, that's probably going to be embedded into our day-to-day lives. So I'm excited to see how um, the public relations industry will adapt to involve um, and engage more with um, those types of technologies. Right. Yeah, I feel like the technology is probably what's going to help drive so much of this, which will be interesting to just see how that comes to play out. But I I think ultimately the values piece and the human connection piece will remain that constant thread. It's just more the how we engage is going to be interesting to see how that develops. And yeah, I think ultimately, like you said, it's all about relationships. And I mean, I talk a lot about that in the work I do too. And I, I think that's so important. And I think as long as we can stay anchored in that, everything else just becomes playful and more fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just different ways of engaging with people. So awesome. Well, before I ask my last question, I'd love for you to tell everyone where they can connect with you further. Yeah, so um, my website is www.earlypr.com, and that's E-A-R-L-Y-P-R.com. You can find us on Instagram at earlyprgency. We post pretty regularly about industry insights, tips for business owners, and of course, encouragement and positive uh, quotes, because we could all use some a little extra positivity these days. Um, And then me personally, I am Nicole is early on Instagram. Um, That is my primary platform of choice. Um, And that is N-I-C-O-L-E-I-S-E-A-R-L-Y. 
Um, I am someone who's very open to coffees and, you know, virtual networking and just continuing to get to know um, more and more folks because, you know, we are all connected and, and you never know where life's going to take you and, and how people come back into your life um, in major ways later down the line. So um, I look forward to connecting with your audience outside of this, Charlotte. Yes, definitely. And I'll include the links to all of that in the show notes as well. Definitely recommend reaching out to Nicole. She's an amazing woman. <laughs> it's been a part of my network here in Portland. And I've even learned things in our conversation today. So I think this has been wonderful. But I would love to know from you, how does being intentional show up in your life or business? So being intentional for me really starts with myself. Um, something my mentor often says is, you have to lead yourself first before you can lead or influence anyone. So I am, I really prioritize being intentional about my well-being, um, especially during this time, you know, as, as most of us who are um, ambitious in their career, it can feel like your email calls you and you just have to pop out of bed and hop right to it. Um, so something I'm really intentional about is taking that first hour to um, curate my energy for the day. And so what that could look like for me is um, having some quiet time, listening to one of my favorite meditations, doing some some yoga stretches. Um, today I went on a run. It's a, a beautiful day in Portland. Um, so yeah, just spending something, some time in the morning that is just for me, um, that intentionality really carries throughout my day because I have more to give, you know, because I've taken care of my needs first. And, um, you know, as they say, you can't pour from an empty cup. And as someone who serves clients all day, it's just really important for me to, to serve myself first so I can continue to give and support my clients throughout the day. Yes, that is so wonderful. And I agree with you. I think for me, I also try to take that first hour in my morning to just really be and not, yeah, turning on technology or like jumping into social media and it really can impact your day. And I think it, for me at first, it was a hard adjustment because I felt like I should be doing, you know, emails or I should be like getting something else done, but it's, it's been a big shift and I actually slipped out of it this week. So this is a really great reminder for me that <laughs> it really does set the intention for your day. And I think especially as, we're both in creative industries serving clients. Like we are giving so much of ourselves throughout our business day that mm -hmm. having that time to really nurture ourselves and our own needs really can just set the tone for the entire day and even how we show up for clients. So I needed that reminder. So thank you. For that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you. So being here. I think this has been such great insight. And I think you did an amazing job at really breaking down like PR and, and the role it plays. And so I, I thank you for, for being here and sharing your knowledge. Thank you for having me, Charlotte. This has been so fun. I'm a huge fan of yours. And I'm, I'm grateful that we've connected almost two, three years ago now. And it's always fun having um, a colleague like you in my network and just just seeing you win and continue to grow and evolve really does inspire and encourage me to continue um, my journey. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, thank you so much, Nicole. That means a lot. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening. 
If you love this episode, please subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode is available. And if you really love this episode, please rate and review the podcast so that other conscious business leaders like yourself can join our community of listeners. If you'd like to connect with me further, you'll find me hanging out on Instagram at Charlotte Chipperfield. Come join me there or check out chipperfieldmedia.com for free resources, subscribe to my monthly newsletter, and learn more about the holistic marketing system.